Any questions tonight? Yes, Mahara. The Gordon Ryan that comes at the other, during the other music, well, I was reading Martin Swami's book, and he says that he's also performing Harinam Sankirtan, but obviously not with the highest perception of Radha, because that's not revealed in that jar in Yuga. So this, my question is, if they're saying, if, he's, if, we're, if people are supposed to chant Hare Krishna, then how can Krishna be without Radha? You know, how can there be a Krishna that doesn't have a Radha? How can there be a Krishna without a Radha? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, that's an interesting subject um, in a number of ways. The Yugas are an interesting subject, but um, the traditional idea is that the uh, Dharma for the Kali Yuga is Namsankirtan. And that's fairly well um, supported throughout the Shruti and the Smriti, if you will. In the Upanishads, for example, as we know, the Kali Santarana Upanishad, there Narada addresses Brahma and inquires from him as to the means of deliverance for Kali Yuga. And he replies that iti sodasakam namnam kali kalmachanashanam. Um, Sarvabhediyashudrishite uh, that these 16 names Kali Kalma Ashanashanam they destroy all the ill effects of Kali Yuga Sarvabhediyashudrishite and this is stated throughout uh, the, uh, the sacred texts and then the Upanishad goes on to mentioned the 16 Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram Hare Ram 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 Hare Hare here it is referred to as Taraka Brahmanam the name by which one uh, becomes delivered hmm? it's also mentioned in the Agni Purana and maybe the Brahmanda maybe the Brahma Purana there I think there's a Brahma Purana and um and so there you have examples in the Shruti and 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 the Smriti, hmm, as to the Yuga Dharma and being Kirtan. That is also discussed in many places. I mean, outside of the Bhagavatam, it's obviously discussed in the Bhagavatam. The Bhagavatam concludes the very final verse of the Bhagavatam concludes with an advocacy of Namsan Kirtan as the remedial measures for um, the uh, suffering animation. So. Um, it's the uh, and and I should say the drawing from these references Chaitanya Mahaprabhu through the pen of Vrindavan Das Thakur has he, he told his disciples to chant this Nam Mantra, Maha Mantra Nam Maha Mantra hmm. uh, so as I say uh, it is widely accepted and there's much support for Namkirtan being the the uh, the Dharma of Kali Yuga and 
and even further within that, that the Hare Krishna mantra is the very much highly um, efficacious um, with regard to kirtan, nam kirtan. There are different kinds of kirtan. Obviously, there's guna kirtan, there's lila kirtan, nam kirtan. But the nam is particularly... Um, Kirtan is recommended because within the name is the form, the rupa, the guna, the qualities, the lila of Krishna. And while the name, as well as the form and the qualities and the lilas of Krishna, are not different from Krishna, so you could say, well, why not do lila kirtan or guna kirtan? Because lilas of Krishna are not different from Krishna. The qualities of Krishna are not different from Krishna. You can do kirtan describing the form of Krishna. The form of Krishna is not different from Krishna, just as the name is not different from Krishna. But there is a difference also between the name and the named. Vinatvam nam namino. So this is the unique feature, if you will, of the name in comparison to the guna, lila qualities of Krishna, which are all one with Krishna, as is the name, but the name at the same time is different. It's one within different, different in that the name and the named, the named is more uh, generous in distributing himself than the named. And you could have offended the named and still the name will come to you. Hmm? Mahaprabhu Chichetanadev himself makes this point um, in effect, in his Shikshastakam, when he says, Nam Nam Akari Bahuda Nidrasarva Shaktis. He's talking about the fact that God has many names. And in, in that, he's speaking about the fact that God has many primary names because he says, Nidrasarva Shaktis. These many names are f- filled with your Shakti. Secondary names that re- re- refer to the Godhead in terms of his participation in the world, worldly affairs like creation and so forth. Um, Paramatma, Brahman, um, and so forth are secondary names. They're not filled with Sarup Shakti. Hmm. Brahman is not filled with Sarup Shakti, that's why it's still. Hmm? And Paramatma is, we don't have too many pastimes of the Paramatma that we could re- recall. So it's the movement of the Absolute is, is facilitated by his, his Shakti. And so in Bhagavan Narayan is, is the Vilas expansion of Krishna, four pastimes, majestic pastimes. And then, of course, Sri Krishna in this Madhurya, sweet, human-like pastimes. This is where you find so much Leela because the Sarup Shakti Bhakti is so much uh, involved, active there. And as you say, well, Krishna is standing next to Radha. You're even saying, how could there be a Krishna without Radha? This is certainly a very Gaudiya um, perspective. Hmm? And so Mahabharata was speaking about the primary names of God when he said they're filled with his Shakti, and therefore they have all kinds of power. So these are names that describe Krishna in relation to his uh, devotees in Leela. Hmm? And, and as I say, this is most fully 
played out, manifest in Golok. Um, and then it makes its appearance on earth as well. And he goes on to say, Nam Namakari Bahodanjini Sarbhakti Tatarpita Nyamita Smaranina Kala, Eta Adrishita Bakri Bhagavan Mamapi Durdaivam Idrishami Hajani Nanuraga. So he's speaking about the merciful dispensation of the name. Quantitatively, he has many names. Hmm? And qualitatively, the names are filled with his Shakti and um, they are generous. Hmm? They don't uh, require any Purush Charja, any prior type of purification in order for them to be efficacious. They don't have to be empowered like some mantras do by the Guru in order to have life. That's why it's said, for example, in the Padma Purana that, uh, what is that verse? That, um, mantra stay nishpalao mata. If the mantra that you receive is not from the parampara, then it won't have, won't bear fruit. Hmm? So this isn't this isn't the case for Krishna Nam, and incidentally, it isn't the case for mantras that are essentially composed of Krishna Nam, like the Gopal mantra. Hmm? Uh, it's full of names of Krishna, Krishna, Govinda, Gopijanabalava. Hmm? Um, so. Outside of this, the sacred texts say that these mantras, they need to be empowered. That doesn't mean, of course, that we shouldn't receive the Krishna mantra or Krishna nam from the Guru Parampara in order for it to be efficacious. It is efficacious on its own. requires no prior ritual or regimen of purification, like go bathe in the river three times, do this, that, the other thing, then sit before the fire, and so on and so forth. This is not not required. And Krishna Nam is not different from Krishna. Some devotees misunderstand this idea because this point is to emphasize the the independence of Krishna Nam. It's even said that it is independent of Diksha. And so some devotees misunderstand. That means we don't have to receive the name in in in, in Diksha. We don't have to receive it from the Guru Parampara. But the statement is that is that statement is made to emphasize this point, the efficacy of Krishna Nam, that it's non-different from Krishna. So Krishna doesn't depend upon anything in order for him to be effective in your life. However, he clearly chooses to reveal himself through his devotees. Therefore, it is also, we are taught, and if we pay attention, then uh, it becomes obvious that the, to, if we disregard the guru, hmm, this is a nam aparad. So you think, well, I just won't have a guru, then I won't disregard one, and the name is independent of initiation, so I'll free myself from that offense. Well, that would be to disregard the very principle of the guru, hmm, through whom we hear the name, hmm, whether we 
connect the dots <laughs> and figure that out or, or, or not, that the truth remains that the name is in the world because it's coming through the Guru Parampara. So to disregard the Guru Parampara means to not take shelter of it and so forth. This becomes an Amaparan, so the name will not reveal himself. Hmm? So the idea that the name is independent of Diksha, etc., etc., is not a support for the misconception that I don't need to hear it, receive it from a guru. That will become Namaparad. Hmm? So, Mahaprabhu is saying in the verse, the name is, there are many, it is filled with his Shakti. Hmm? That is an important statement. <laughs> He's saying that, that the name is Krishna, but the, the names of Krishna that, that he's concerned with are filled with his Shakti, hmm? which means, this, for example, the Swarup Ananda of Krishna is not as blissful, if you will, as the Swarup Shakti Ananda of Krishna. Hmm? And, the, and, and the Shakti Ananda means the Sarup Shakti, like Radha is the is the kind of fountainhead of that, if you will. And Bhakti is constituted of the essence of the Sarup Shakti. So therefore Krishna is attracted to Bhakti. Krishna Karshani, he becomes conquered by Bhakti. So he says, the, the names he's chanting, hmm, they're filled with the Shakti. They are names like Jashodanandan, Nandanandan, Radhanath, hmm, so on and so forth. And so they are not just Krishna, but Krishna and his and his Swarup Shakti and the interaction between the two. It's a significant point. He's emphasizing the Shakti there. So and he goes on to say that the names are very generous, and so therefore there's no rules for chanting. You can chant in your sleep. Uh, um, that doesn't mean you shouldn't try to be attentive, but or you can chant while you're eating or any time, and so on and so forth. Mahaprabhu was said to be concerned that he had a problem, and the problem is that his tongue would not stop chanting. Hmm? It just kept going. But then he would, um, um, uh, in answering the, the call of nature, it's not a place to do meditation at the same time. We enter the call of nature. We bathe, and then enter the enter into our sadhana, our our bhajan, our practice, as may be the case. Enter the altar and and so forth. Hmm? So he was concerned that he could, his, his he was his his tongue was chanting. So he might have been making offense. Gopal Guru Goswami has said to have instructed him that no, this is, this name can be chanted anywhere, any place. So. So anyway, this is in the Shikshastakam. But then, speaking about the power of the name, the name, particularly the name in conjunction with his, his uh, Sarup Shakti, its efficacy, its generosity, and so forth, he rests his verse with the statement of his misfortune, that he has no uh, uh, attraction, hmm? that he has made, uh, he has some... A parad in the background, some anartha and so forth, hmm, to um, overcome. I'm not sure how we, we I got there, but um, to this point, I was making another point, but um, um, but 
um, the anyway he asked his mandated I should say that his students would chant the Hare Krishna ma, na mantra maha mantra the generosity of the name is the point I was making so the name compared to the leela the guna the qualities is equal with Krishna but it's more generous than the leela than the form, than the qualities, and that you could have even offended the form of Krishna, the person of Krishna, and still the name will stay with you. And Mahaprabhu was saying that, hmm, that I have some background, I must have some, the name is very sweet, it's non different from Krishna, so I have no attraction for it, therefore there must be some background of offense, durdaivam, uh, uh, in my life, and, but still, the name is staying with me. Hmm? So despite the fact that I have offended Krishna, Krishna's name being generous stays with us. If we just have that kind of, um, how would you say it, um, kind of a healthy remorse, this is my condition. All these things about the name are said, so many statements, and while there is uh, while the scriptures, the Puranas in particular, do take a license to exaggerate at times hmm, in order to get people involved, they may exaggerate as to the negative results that will accrue if you do this or that. Or they may exaggerate as to the prospect of what you may attain if you do this or that in order to motivate people by fear or by material prospect to get involved. Hmm? The Puranas take some license like that. That's why it is said with regard to the Namaparads that one should not think that the Mohima, the glories uh, uh, and virtues and the, the fruits of chanting are in any way an exaggeration. It makes that point because there are, the, the scriptures do take a license to exaggerate because these are two motives that the scriptures play upon hmm, in order to get people involved. Fear and prospect. Fear, prospect, duty, because it should be done, hmm, and love, of course. Hmm. So, with regard to the name, then there are many very powerful statements, but... Um, the text, sacred texts tell us, don't think that these are exaggerations. Hmm? And examples are given of such, how they, um, just by this, just by chanting, this happens. Can ha- it doesn't happen necessarily all the time to everyone, but it can. So you've got like this magic name, and you know that it has such power and so forth. So, so uh, the name, anyway, the point is that the name is very uh, merciful. It's one with Krishna, but different from him in that it's more generous. A nice example of that, of course, is Haridas Thakur. Haridas Thakur became the Namacharya, the person who was the exemplar of chanting in Mahabharata's Leela, although he was from a Muslim uh, family and an outcast by Hindu social-religious standards. And it's it sometimes he's referred to as Brahmaharidas. So it that speaks of a background of Haridas as Brahma who um, 
received the mantra from Krishna at the dawn of creation, asked to have to have a relationship with Krishna in friendship. And Krishna accepted his proposal and gave him the mantra. And then much time later, Krishna thought, well, this guy's been doing this for a while, practicing, let me show him what this is, what he what he's asked for. What he's asked for, let's see if he, he really wants it. So, the Brahma Vimohan Lila is all about this. So Brahma comes in, there's some concern in the heavens as it's talked about, and the glorification of the boy Krishna. Brahma comes and says, yeah, Krishna, he's my guru. Then he comes and he sees him there, and he's with his friends, and he's got yogurt and rice, fruit mixed together in his left hand, not his right hand, and he's putting it in the mouth of his friends, and 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 they're taking things from their mouth and putting it in his mouth. You try, try it. Oh, this is good. Try it like this. He's looking at him says, the, the, the "Imposter! I saw my guru Krishna at the dawn of creation with the jnana mudra, hmm? and here he is." You know, acting like looks like him, and people are calling him the same Krishna, but he's obviously an imposter. He doesn't even know the rules of how to eat properly, or to speak of give blessings and so on and so forth. The gods have been deceived by some human who's an imposter, and uh, so then he, of course, he he thinks that, but he has some reservation. So he thinks, well, I'll test him. I'll test him. Though he tries to steer the cowherd boys and the calves, of course, and then Krishna uh, reveals who he is, and uh, so Brahma makes an offense. So it is said that because of offense to the form of Krishna, that Brahma had to take birth and not know which hand to eat with, so to speak, because he became a Muslim, he didn't know the Hindu culture. And, so on and so forth. He was thought to be an outcast, and but he, but the name stayed with him. Hmm? So he offended the form of Krishna, but the name did not leave him, and he became the exemplar, the for the person to 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 follow with regard to the chanting. Hmm? So name is very um, generous, hmm? and. Uh, recommended for Kali Yuga. I mentioned that the Upanishads re- refers to the Hare Krishna Mahamatra as the Taraka Brahmanam. So it means this is a name for deliverance. Deliverance. Hmm? So deliverance is means mukti, freedom. Hmm? Mukti. Mukti is a word that all of the other sampradayas use to describe their goal. Hmm? Whether it be all the Vaishnav Sampradayas, I mean, obviously Shankar uses it in a different way, but even the Nimbarkis and the Balabas who have some connection with the Braj, hmm? or to speak of the Madhvas and the, and the Ramanuja Sampradaya, the Vaidimarg Sampradayas, they all, their stated goal is Mukti. But the, but the Godias, they use a different word. Their Prayojan is what? Prem, Prem Prayojan. They don't use the word mukti. In fact, they don't like the word mukti. Hmm? Even though mukti 
it, it, it can be understood to have a positive context. Freedom to get away from something has a kind of a negative context. It's a kind of a mixed. I'm, I'm going to get away from something. The preoccupation is what you want to get away from. Hmm? So deliverance, salvation is half of the equation. In fact, the definition of mukti in Bhagavatam comes in the second canto. It's one of the ten subjects of the Bhagavatam, mukti. And it's described as twofold in nature. That it, it removes the negative influence, the karmic implications and so forth that are the, that are that constitute the bondage. And it situates one in a positive state um, for participation in the lila. So this is the, the mukti of the Bhagavatam, but to illustrate how much the name, the the word mukti is, um, is, is despised by Gaudiya Vaishnavas because of the common uh, understanding that it gives rise to. Words have various meanings, Mm -hmm. but the the word that, that, that most the meaning that most readily comes to mind when you say the word is thought to be the primary meaning. Hmm? That's why Pujapad Shudamars gives a very charming commentary on the on the uh, uh, concluding uh, statement of the Gita, where Krishna says, "Sarva Dharman Puritya Jama Mekam Sharanam Braja." Raja is a, is a verb there. It means to go or to come, to come to me. So come to me. Give up worship of the gods and the goddesses. Sarvadharman Pritya Forget about the Varnashram. Sarvadharman Pritya Mam Ekam. Mam Ekam. Only me. Hmm? Not a polytheistic perspective, but a single. Only me. Take shelter. Hmm? And come to me. But he says the the name the word brudge, the common meaning that comes to mind when you say brudge, is the brudge. Vrindavan. So Krishna speaks this concluding verse of the Gita, and he says, My dear Arjun, give up all other forms of worship, take shelter of me only in brudge. And when he says the word brudge, then the Kurukshetra Krishna's mind goes to Vrindavan and he can't say anything else. The end of the Gita comes. He mumbles a few extra words afterwards. Study this. Use your intelligence. Study this. But his mind is gone to to Vrindavan. Hmm? And, uh, and, and there we should go as well. And the, Bhagavata, and the Gita takes us into the Bhagavatam, hmm? which begins with the same statement that the Gita closes on when it says Dharma Projita Kaitavotra. We were speaking about this last night. Paramo Nirmat Saranam Satam is the beginning of the second verse of the Bhagavatam, the Vastunadesh verse of the Bhagavatam, describing it in essence what it's about. Hmm? Um, so, and it's about Krishna Bhakti and its capacity to the Bhagavatam, which is what the Bhagavatam is about, its capacity to arrest Krishna within the heart and so forth and so on. So so at any rate, uh, a, a short aside there, the point being that that which most commonly comes to mind 
just like you could well anyway when you say a word is the is the is the primary meaning so the primary what generally comes to mind when you say the word mukti hmm, is well we were talking about this at lunch it's mostly brahma sayuja merging with brahman even the Vaishnava idea of attaining Bhaikuntha and Salo, Kishashti, Samipa, Sarupya, these four kinds of, of mukti, uh, four, these are four perks of mukti. Hmm? There are all kinds of people in Bhaikuntha. It's very diverse, um, although it's diversified within Shanta and Dasyarasa, still there are persons there who are primarily influenced by Prem and for whom the perks are secondary. And there are those who, who, whose primary reason for going there are the perks, that I could have the form like Narayan, that I could have the opulence like Narayan, that I could be a personal attendant of Narayan. Hmm? Just to give an, an example of the diversity there. Hmm? Um, so, and, and there's people just meditating there, hmm? in Shantaras, and so all kinds. At any rate... Even this idea of mukti, which we have no interest in, interest in is is um, not the common idea of mukti. The common idea is enter into Brahman. Hmm? So the the Vaishnavas they don't like the word in that sense. We can explain it. Hmm? Sarvabhauma Bhattacharya is the example. You know he was converted by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, right? Then Mahaprabhu. Check tested his conversion. First thing he did was come to his house early in the morning with Jagannath Prashad. Hey, Bhattacharya, wake up. I'm here with Mahaprashad. So normally the Bhattacharya would follow the, the Smriti texts and he would, before taking Prashad, he would first take a bath and there were certain rules and rituals that one had to do before honoring the Prashadam. Instead he just got up and honored the Prashadam. Hmm? So Mahabharu saw that his bhakti was not covered by karma. Hmm? He didn't think that I have to perform these rites and rituals of Varnashram, which is the karma marg, hmm? the dharma marg, karma marg, same thing. And if I don't do that, there will be some problem if I just take Mahaprasadam. Hmm? So if he had thought like that, his bhakti would have been would have been evidence his bhakti was covered by karma. But no, he didn't do that. And then... Later, we find that Mahabharu caused Sarvabhauma in his heart to speak about his distaste for mukti, inspired him to test him. He, and he said, this verse in the Bhagavatam, I, I cannot tolerate. I, he crossed out the name mukti. He crossed out mukti and said, Bhakti Pade. I can't stand the word mukti. Hmm? Mahabhu very much liked that. He said, oh, he's not covered by gyan. Hmm? He's not doing bhakti for mukti. He doesn't even like the idea of mukti. Hmm? It's a particularly un- undesirable idea because for the, for the Gaudiya people because in mukti, the chance to attain bhakti is practically zero. Hmm? The statements 
in the scripture of which there are a few. Like Bhagavatam in the sixth canto says, Muktanam Apisidhanam Narayana Parayana. Hmm? What is the verse? Kotishvapi Mahamune. Kotishvapi Mahamune. Among Siddhas. Muktanam Apisidhanam. Those muktas who are siddhas, hmm? one and a, a zillion will become a devotee of Narayana. Hmm? That means that it's possible to be a siddha merged in Brahman and from there to become a devotee of Narayana. It's possible. But these statement, such statement like this is made for a purpose. You should understand the purpose. Because if you are living in, in this situation, I am just awareness, pure awareness, this idea of Brahman. Hmm? There is no bhakti there. There is no buddy there. Hmm? There is no other there. There is nothing to do. There is nowhere to go. Your feeling is that you are everywhere. Hmm? And you have some kind of all-knowing that's just a satisfying kind of knowing. Hmm? Where's the opportunity for bhakti? Hmm? Therefore, sometimes it's described as hellish idea. There's no chance for bhakti there. When they say there's a, when the Bhagavatam, for example, in this verse in the sixth canto says there's a chance, what it, what it, its real point that it's making is the jiva is real. Because many people who think think that mukti amounts to destroying the illusion that you are a delimited uh, individual entity. Hmm? That you are an atomic particle, like a spark from the fire. That you have a reality as an individual. Hmm? They think that the jiva is like the earth, air the sky inside of a clay pot. If you break the clay pot, there's no individuality. There's one pervasive intelligence, Brahman, and you are that. So this is an interesting idea. It's, it's popular, but it's not something that the sacred texts really support. If you look carefully. So the point is the jima is real. Hmm? Uh, and it can enter into Brahman, but it never loses its its individuality. Hmm? Therefore, it said, it's possible that a mukta could become a bhakta. Hmm? But it's very rare. It's kind of like, it's possible means, because that means it's not lost its individuality. Hmm? It hasn't merged as they as some people think. Hmm? It's always individuals. Like if you also you enter into Goloka and the Lila, you still a Tatasta Jiva. You have the infused with the Sarup Shakti, but it's not that you become the Sarup Shakti. Hmm? So, so uh, it's 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 possible. It may be possible. It's possible by Krishna's mercy, but why will he do that? To what soul in Brahman? Why? And who can save it? So it's a very, it's a hypothetical. Hmm? 
So you can't take, you can see on these hypotheticals, people understand they take the hypothetical, make it a rule, and it's, a, it's making a different point. The point that's really being made is the jiva is real. It's an individual. It never loses individuality for hypothetically. But the general idea is, oh, that's like a spiritual suicide to enter into Brahman. Because there are components of the jiva that never get to manifest in Brahman. It only manifests if there's a supporting environment, whether it be a maya shakti environment or a sarup shakti environment, that enables enables the jiva to be a, a full person. You can't be a person without... What is a person? A person is an individual with 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 its his or her own likes and dislikes. Webster. I looked it up the other day. So... So you can't have different likes and dislikes unless there are different things to like and dislike. There has to be an environment. Mm-hmm. So certain certain qualities. So therefore, I say the jiva is both nature and nurture, both mm-hmm. according to the environment. And it's in its nurtured. Its nature is nurtured in a certain way that a certain type of personality comes out. If it's the maya shakti, a false personality comes out. Mm-hmm. If it's the sarup shakti, I mean a real Sat, an eternal personality comes out, a person in relation to the center, rather than a person on the circumference that's off center, so forth. So anyway, the the mukti idea is so undesirable that it's almost more desirable. And this is a very backwards idea to remain in karmic debt hmm, than to attain mukti, and and so much of the Emphasis in so many schools is that you know, the whole idea is to overcome the karma debt and attain mukti. And we're saying better to be under karmic debt than be in mukti. <laughs> it's a very kind of turn it uh, everything on its head upside down type of approach, hmm? but for good good reason. So the mukti idea, hmm, um, all these sampradayas they they describe their goal as mukti. Only we are saying the goal is the prem. We have this word prem that we. Uh, emphasize. And so while there is deliverance, Taraka Brahmanam, by the Hare Krishna mantra described in the Kali Upanishad where I began, hmm? Taraka Brahmanam, Chaitanya Charitamrita, the, the Krishna Nam described is Paraka, hmm, Paraka Nam. Paraka has a positive uh, connotation. It speaks about the name that has the competence to overwhelm Krishna, not just to deliver you from samsara, but to overwhelm Krishna. This is Nam Shrestam. Raghunathas prayed to his guru, Nam Shrestam Apisachiputram Atrustarupa, that I go offer my obeisance to my guru, from whom I have received the highest conception of the name that has been given to the world by the son of Sachi, Sachi Nandan. Nama Shrestam api Sachi Putram. Nama Shrestam. So there are different conceptions of the name. And now you're asking about the Maha Mantra in particular, right? Yeah, but they're chanting Hare Krishna, you're yeah. thinking. Yeah. So they, so, in, so in Hare Krishna 
chanting, then the, this is a universal mantra. Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as we know that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the, is a, is a universal deity. I mean, every all the theistic possibilities lie in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because he's Swami Bhagavan. So Narayan is within him, hmm? and the majestic uh, love that possibility you can get from him, or whatever. You can get Brahma Sayuja from him. Hmm? So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the Yuga avatar hmm? is very special in this Kali Yuga because from him you can get anything that you can get in any Kali Yuga from the, from the say, the Gornarayan Yuga avatar who's also chanting Hare Krishna, hmm? which, who can only give deliverance and mukti in Bhakuntha, in relation to the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the name that he is chanting, Nam Shrestam, the highest conception that you can get the Prem of Braj. You can get even Radha Prem, as we were describing the other day. Hmm? Um, uh, so, um, it's possible to uh, chant the Hare Krishna mantra and there are and think of it in different ways. So it lends itself to numerous interpretations. So, for example, Ram could refer to Ramchandra. Hari, Hare is is also the vocative of Hari. Hmm? So that's a name for Krishna. So Ram, Ramchandra, Hari hmm? is a name for Narayan. Hmm? Uh, Krishna, is a name for for Krishna, so they, in thinking of it in that way, some people chant this mantra without any concern, any consideration for for Radha, which obviously comes into the picture in the Nam Shrestam, the highest conception of the name, but doesn't necessarily in others. So, um, in Vaikuntha, it's thought, for example, that Krishna is the avatar of of Narayan, and and while there Narayan on Janamastami in Baikuntha shows himself as Gopal Krishna, and the devotees see these pastimes and they're very charmed, and so forth. He doesn't particularly show Gopi Bhav. Some general idea of Krishna and Krishna Leela. There's no description that he shows this Gopi Bhav, and, and therefore you have Ramanuja Sampradaya wondering what this Shakti emphasis in Gaudiya Sampradaya or Madhva Sampradaya. They worship Krishna, Udupi Krishna, in Madhva Sampradaya, but the worship of Radha next to Krishna. This, in fact, was, was the, the, the deity of Rupa Goswami, Radha Govinda, when taken to Jaipur. As you know the story, this whole idea was challenged by the by the other sampradayas. Who, who, what's with this? That you're going to you're going to two things. First of all, you're going to offer the boga, the offering, to Krishna, and then after Krishna eats, you offer it to Narayan. What's that? 
they think Narayan comes first. And secondly, who's that lady standing next to Krishna that you've deified in this way? Hmm? They don't, this, I, this conception of Radha is not so uh, developed, right? So uh, there's Lakshmi in Vaikuntha, she has a particular role, and, and, uh, and so, so Narayan has a, has a play as Krishna and so forth, but that Lakshmi becomes this like overbearing or whatever, you know, uh, you know, that's like, that's like, they can't, that doesn't like compute there. Lakshmi is like worshipping Narayan. Hmm? Narayan cannot be henpecked. That, that whole Vaikuntha will turn on its head and people are, what's going on here? That's Bhagavan. That's God. You can't talk with God like that. You can't relate with God like that. Hmm? That can that be shown in Vaikuntha. Hmm? So when Narayan shows on the Janamastani or something like that, like he showed to Gopakumar when he went to Vaikuntha. But Gopakumar wasn't satisfied with the, with the Vaikuntha manifestation of Gopal Lila. Hmm? Hmm? He had to go on to Golok itself. To the, to the, so there's some representation of Krishna there. And the angle of vision is that Krishna is one of the avatars of Narayana. He's the Purna avatar, the full avatar. The full, you know? and, and, but still, Narayana is, is the source and, uh, and the, all the services, majestic and, and, uh, and even, okay, he, he manifests like he shows this Leela, but it's not that people can enter into the Leela and become cowherds and start relating with him like that. Hmm? So if in these Vaikuntha Sampradayas they worship Krishna, they don't worship him like, like the Gaudiya people do in the same way. Hmm? With a view to enter into his Leela and be a participant. You can only be a, 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 a Dasya, a servant of Bhagwan. So Krishna is worshipped with reverence. Hmm? Hmm? He has this Leela, he does this with some people, his own, you know, but it's not that you can become one of those people. So they don't have any. So so anyway. So they can also. I've gone in, in South India. I've found temples that they chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra twenty four hours a day, but they have a whole different idea about it, and it lends itself to that. Hmm? So there are many. The, the, the names can be thought of in different ways. It's a universal mantra. It's a way, therefore, in which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Swayam Bhagavan. You can get anything from him, and from his mantras, universally, you can get anything. So if you want to be successful in pursuing majestic bhakti, better to take shelter of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is the idea. Hmm? Hmm? Therefore, Bhakti Vinod had the idea that all these sampradayas should come under the auspices of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And in a way, they have. Hmm? Because really, to be honest with you, these Vaishnava sampradayas, like Ramanuja sampradaya, Madhva sampradaya, Nimbarka sampradaya, Balabha sampradaya, they have all come into modernity, the modern world, and been acknowledged, thought about, um, researched, and pursued by people in the modern world, all as a result of, of Gaudi Vaishnavism, and all of that as a result of our Paribar from Bhakti Vinod and our Prabhupada, hmm? in particular. Hmm? It's very... The, the prediction of Bhakti Vinod actually has 
in that way come true. They all get, I mean, before Prabhupada came to America, there was absolutely nothing that you could find in academia about Hinduism that had anything to do with Vaishnavism. It's all mukti, merge with Brahman, this is a... Now you could find scholars in Ramanuja and people joining. And You know the story I told, there was one devotee, a Gaudiya person, he didn't understand it that much, but he had joined maybe ISKCON, and then he got frustrated with the whole thing and its problems and so on and so forth. So he he left and he became a Ramanuja. He joined the Ramanuja Sampradaya, which is a Vaidhi Bhakti Sampradaya for worshipping in Orion and in uh, awe and reverence and so forth. He got initiated and everything. He went to the capital, the capital of the of the Ramanujas is Sri Rangam. And there he went to enter into the temple. And they said, I'm sorry, only Hindus can enter here. He said, no, I am a, I am a Hindu. I am a Hindu. He says, no, 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 only Hindus. Only Hindus can. No, I am Hindu. No, no, only Hindus. And, and he said, no, no. Then he pulled out his whole, he had some documentation that showed that he was initiated in the Ramanuja Sampradaya. Hmm? And the the guard or the priest at the door said, no, 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 only Hindus. Hmm? Yeah. They didn't care. You know, he was a Western person. And then he was so frustrated, he said, just out of kind of habit, he said, Hare Krishna. They said, oh, Hare Krishna, come in. Yeah. Come in. <laughs> and they let him in to have the darshan. And, and of course, they have a deity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu there also, who visited Sri Rangam and spent four months there during the rainy season and it's recorded in their historical text and that's where Gopal Bhatta Goswami, the great Acharya of Gaudiya Vaishnava, one of the six Goswamis comes from and so forth. So <laughs> so it's a cute little story but it, 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 it uh, emphasizes the the point hmm, that um, Gaudiya Vaishnavism's role in our particular line of Gaudiya Vaishnavism has fulfilled this uh, prediction of Bhakti Vinod. So, um, still, we, you know, we have our ideals, but you take, for example, Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, he's laboring hard in the second chapter of Chaitanya Charitamrita to establish that Krishna is the source of Narayan. He uses scripture, which is the standard of knowledge at the time, and the scriptural logic to establish his point there. does a good job. And, um, and, and after, now we would have to do that in a different way hmm? to, for it to be compelling to establish that Krishna is the supreme personality of God. You have to use modern arguments and so forth more. But anyway, that's, that's a different subject. But he, 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 after he does, in his time, quite a satisfactory, in quite a satisfactory way establishes the position of Krishna. His purpose in doing it is to say, Krishna is why I'm Bhagavan, and then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the next part of his argument. Is that same Krishna? Yaradvetum Brahma Pramupanishadi api api tadapi asyatunu vatyantarayami purusho itisho shamsvibhava sadais prayapuna sahi bhagavan saswayam mayam na Chaitanya Krishna jagati paratatvam paramiha. He's taken the two most important verses of the Bhagavatam in terms of sambandhyan the foundational kind of knowledge that gives you legs to stand on, a proper conceptual orientation that fosters the activity of bhakti, which in turn bears the fruits of prem, prayojan. So, samanda abhideya prayojan. So the ground, the legs 
that we stand on, so to speak, is the Sambandagana, two most important verses from the Bhagavatam that Jiva Goswami makes his whole Bhagavat, Paramatma, and Krishna Sandarbha out of. Hmm? We were speaking this this morning. Brahmeti Paramatmeti Bhagavaniti Shabdite. The absolute truth is non-dual consciousness, known variously as Brahman, Paramatman, Bhagwan. This verse, the whole Bhagavat Sandarbha, the whole Paramatma Sandarbha, they're an elaboration on this verse. And in the Krishna Sandarbha, Krishna's too, Bhagavan Swayam, this line from the third chapter, hmm? that other verse from the second chapter. So he combines these two verses together hmm? and then adds something to it. Hmm? Uh, he's saying, Yaradvetam Brahmapanasharabita Tatarapyasyatunamba. He, 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 he whose effulgence is what is referred to as Brahman, the non dual reality of the Upanishads. Hmm? His partial Bhav manifestation, uh, known as the Paramatma, is known as the, described as the Paramatma. Hmm? He who is uh, is Swam Bhagawan, so Brahman, Paramatma, Bhagawan, filled with uh, all six opulences. Hmm? Uh, 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 Chaitan, uh, this is Chaitanya His effulgence is Brahman. His partial manifestation is 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 the Paramatma. His past is his expansion. Mm-hmm. For Paramatma is like avatar, so coming from up to down, it means the prakash, the expansion for for pastimes in Vaikuntha is Narayan, and and furthermore, Krishna, mm-hmm. and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was that Krishna. So very extraordinary uh, uh, verse. And at the end, if they're making his argument, in the second chapter, he just be, he, he he makes he makes the point. Krishna is the source of Narayan. He demonstrates this, and then, then he says, "Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is that Krishna." It's the third chapter that he goes on to explain how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is that uh, same Krishna by giving scriptural evidence and so forth. But concluding the second chapter, he says, "We make this point. It is our conviction. We realize it's controversial in our times, and but we're not shying away from it. I'm pointing out the scriptures say this. However, that said." Some people may think of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as an avatar of Shiradakshai um, Vishnu uh, and no harm. Hmm? That's another angle of vision. That's how they think in Vaikuntha. Hmm? It's a real bhava. And there's tattva to support that. Hmm? So we don't object to that. But it's not... He says... You can say that it's it's not untrue, but it's not very flattering. It doesn't really say much about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. We want to say that he is Swami Bhagavan himself, and that he is Krishna himself, and more than that, he is Radha. Hmm? So it es- escalates. This is what he develops in his Mangal Char and his explanation of his beginning verses. So that's our highest idea, Paraka Nam. Instead of a tarakanam, hmm? and 
this Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna himself, so you take the place of the Yuga Avatar, therefore it said he distributes the the Namsan Kirtan, and the Yuga Dharma, hmm? but he interweaves the Yuga Dharma with Prem hmm? and garlands the world. But you can chant Hare Krishna with, without that conception coming from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and receive it in other Sampradayas and in other Kali Yugas and so on and so forth. That's then, you say, you, you say well, how can they, you know, chant Hare Krishna without consideration of Radha and just get Mukti in Vaikuntha? And they're thinking, how can you chant this Mahamantra and get, you know, these ideas about Radha and Krishna and Goloka? That, that's the more uncommon idea. Hmm? You're thinking their idea is weird. They're thinking your idea is weird because, you know, how many Kali Yugas are? And you're saying, and this, this one that comes every, you know, so lot, so rarely, hmm? it's a special one. They didn't, that's a, that, the Godis are also drawing all that out from, from, the, from the scriptures and so forth and making a very, this, therefore it's said, when, when in the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam, when Karabhajana Muni is revealing to Maharaj Nimi, Per the, per the Maharaj's questions about the qualities of the different Yuga avatars. What is the nature or the quality of the Yuga avatar for Satya, Treta, Dwarpa? So he describes them, gives name, qualities, and what they'll do and so forth. And then he comes to the Kali Yuga and he says, Tatsrinu, he said, now listen up. Why does he say that? He's just giving it, you know, it's obvious. He's talked about Satya Yuga, Treta Yuga, Dwarpa Yuga, Kali Yuga. But he says, now listen carefully. So he's speaking about, Bhagavatam speaking about Kali Yuga, and in the context of the, a very special Kali Yuga. you got to pay attention here. The the Yuga Avatar it is for, for, for Kali Yuga is like this. And he says, and the worship of him, that's described in the Tantra. That's like the female side, not the Vedic side. This whole Tantra stuff is like, what are they talking about? The Gaudiya people. For the Vaidhi Bhakti Sampradayas, they're very male, very, uh, you know, like I said, the, the place for Lakshmi is there, but it's not, you know. God is your honey, you know. <laughs> your husband's God, so cool it, you know, something like that, you know. So, so that, not that the Shakti and the, and the other side of it in Gaudiya Vaishnava is the Radha's taking over Krishna, and he's like wondering, you know, if she'll ever give him darshan again. You know, these ideas just don't fit in Vaikuntha at all to say that, you know, that, that Lakshmi is an expansion of Radha. These are like, what are you talking about, you know? Who is this Radha anyway? Where does she get off? You know, treating, talking to Krishna like this. So they don't. They don't. So this is very exceptional. So when he begins, therefore, all commentators previous to the Gaudiyas on the Bhagavatam in this section of the eleventh canto that I'm describing, where the Yuga avatars are are explained and so forth, they don't get the point. But Jiva Goswami brought it out under the tutelage and auspices of Rupa and Sanatan. He he showed. Hmm. This is speaking about a special Kali Yuga and 
Worship comes from the Tantra, means the Narada, Pancharatra, the Gautamiya Tantra, all these texts where our mantras worship, uh, the mandalas, the, the, the visualizations of um, the yoga pits and so forth, for Sakiras, for Madhurya Rasa, and so forth, all these things, they all come from there. All the methods of worship hmm? from that side. And um, and so ours is, I mean, we we talk about it well enough that it, it, it just seems like, well, how could you think otherwise? And it's true. If you read the Gaudiya commentaries on these verses of Bhagavatam, then he describes the qualities of the Kali Yuga Avatar. It says, listen up. And when we speak about the Kali Yuga Avatar, pay close attention. And... He's worshipped by the tantras and Krishna Varnam Trisa Krishnam Sangho Pangastra Parshadam Yagnaisan Kirtana Preya Jantihi Sumedasa Jayam Sada Paribhavdam Libhishta Doham Tiraspadam Shiva Vrninchi Nutam Sharanyam Vityartiham Pranatapala Pravabdipotam Mande Mahapurushate Charanadavindam Tyaktva Sudhus Chadisarip Sitaraj Lakshmin Dharmistare Vachasa Yadagadaranyam Mayamrigam You hear the Gaudi explanations and, and you think, how could they possibly be explained in any other way? It so obviously describes our Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It, it fits like, like a glove, hmm? like a handmade custom glove. It's perfect. Hmm? Of course, these commentaries come after the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So if he didn't appear, then they have no reference. And you think, well, this, I guess there's, it's Triyuga, his name is. He only appears in three yugas. He doesn't appear in Kali Yuga. There is no Yuga avatar. In and then the Godis will go back and, and deal with that argument too. Chanakalo, Prahlad says in the seventh canto, he comes in three yugas, that is his name. But in Kali Yuga, Chana, he comes in a concealed way. Hmm? I mean... You have to study this book really carefully to find those points. Now, see, you may know this first because it's been pointed out to you and it seems obvious, but it's a, 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 a general reading of the Bhagavatam, you're not going to pick that up. It's 18,000 verses. <laughs> so the Goswamis, they put all these pieces together. Hmm? That's Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? That's why we go, there are Shastra gurus. Everything has to come back to them. If I say something that's not supported by the Goswamis, then you have to think, I don't know why Swami said that, but he taught us that if he says anything that's not supported by the Goswamis, there must be some other reason for it, but the Siddhanta will be what the Goswamis have said. Now, there are things that are extensions of what the Goswamis have said, that that's theology and so forth, but it's another thing if you say something different, and you might sometimes for, for preaching in some circumstance. Hmm? You might, someone might say, how did I fall from the spiritual world? Because you're a fool. <laughs> you know, go on to the next. Uh, but then you find that the teaching is that no one falls from Vaikuntha. You know? So you think like that. So They are Shastra Guru. They, they founded the Sampradaya. They, they, they've canon, their books are all canonized. Chaitanya Charitamrita, Bhakti Rasamrita, Sindhu, Brihat Bhagavatamrita. This is an absolute pramana for us. Their purports are, are more important to us than the texts of the Bhagavatam. That makes our whole, you know, tradition. That's our sampradaya. So we have Rupanuga Viradhapa Siddhanta Danta Harane, as Bhakti Siddhanta was characterized. That you couldn't tolerate anything that was 
in opposition to the Siddhanta of Rupa Goswami. So if we hear something and our acharyas say that doesn't conform with that, we think they might have had some reason. We look, we can make some conjecture. Hmm? And if that is not useful, then we go back to the normal flow and explain. After all, you have to understand that our acharyas in the Bhakti Note Paribar, they're doing some new work. Hmm? Like Prabhupada coming to America, Bhakti Vinod interfacing with modernity. So they take some liberties sometimes in the way they talk about it in order to get people involved. This, they, they have that power hmm? to sometimes make an emphasis in some way. But then in time, it all comes back hmm? to what what the Siddhanta is. And so nowadays, of course, we're not breaking ground in the same way as which proper was. I'm mostly, I'm speaking, I got, you know, I could speak all day and have an audience to devotees, right? So then these finer points had to be made that we may become more grounded in our sampradaya and, and its, 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 its teaching. Hmm? And we can look at some of the liberties sometimes our targets may have taken to, to, as a measure to spread the, the teaching and consideration. Well, I'm going to go to America or whatever. The European people they think like this, so let me emphasize in this way and and so forth. And so take someone to come and sort that out later on and keep us on track, so to speak. So. So anyway, yeah, so that you can chant the Hare Krishna mantra with the different conceptions. And Radha's not even there. Krishna, Ram, Hari, all names of Narayan. Hmm? Hari, Narayan himself, and Krishna and Ram, his avatars. Hmm? And you want to go to Vaikuntha. Hmm. It made me, while you're speaking, I, I remember we had this one girl, she was in the Anandamar. Uh-huh. And she was in our Gita class, and she was really neat. She was just like a devotee. She would read the Gita, and she would chant Hare Krishna wishes with us. But my husband and I were always like wondering, she just doesn't get it. <laughs> and, uh, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And also the Mayabhadans, many of them chant Hare Krishna. They go to Vrindavan, live there, and chant Hare Krishna. Because they know that they can get... Brahma Sahuja very easily by chanting Hare Krishna. Hmm? Krishna just get rid of him. Ugh. Put him there. But as Gaudiya's, uh, we consider their chanting Nalabhat? Well, um, you mean Mayabhadis? Well, anybody that doesn't have, I mean, Bhakti Vinod seems to write that that chanting aiming at liberation is is nama bas uh, just a, a semblance of the name gives liberation and, and misconceptions associated with that semblance provides anything that you want are the dharma karma moksha is coming from nama bas mm-hmm. look at that chanting by those sampradayas that don't have the Gaudiya conception as nama bas mm-hmm. I think that the the idea that you can attain liberation by Nama Bas is that there are examples of that. Um, it's possible, but it's not that anybody who chants Nama Bas is immediately liberated or something like that, but it's possible. So that's one of the, the glories of the name. But um, as far as 
those desiring to enter into Brahman, we say that their bhakti, they have to have some bhakti, and if they're chanting, they have some bhakti, is mixed with jnan. So their bhakti is jnan mishra bhakti. So their chanting is jnan mishra chanting, is the way I would, because bhakti is the chanting is the bhakti, so, for example. And then that jnan mishra bhakti is of different kinds. So the jnan may be prominent or the bhakti may be prominent. If the bhakti becomes more prominent, then the jnani, the jnan mishra bhakti becomes, the range is anywhere from merging in Brahman, Sayuja, if they don't make any offense to Krishna and they do bhakti, they can they can attain their ideal of Sayuja. That's the low end of attainment possible through jnan mishra bhakti and you could be chanting Hare Krishna as your main practice with that in mind to attain it. I wouldn't refer to it as Namabhas, but I would refer to it as Gyan Mishra Bhakti, and this is the expression of that. Now, below that, before we go higher, below that, there are people, there are those who have an offensive idea about Krishna and Anaba. They think there is no Jiva, as I mentioned earlier. There is no Bhagawan and so forth. They they cannot attain their their ideal. Hmm? That kind of chanting is uh, uh, to to merge with Brahman to which in the in in, in the conception the, the form of a god is illusory the name is only satvaguna hmm? it's material also that that's not going to be efficacious hmm? that's like namaparad and i think bhakti note characterizes it as such then on the higher end from brahma sayuja you can go all the way up to shantarasa Hmm. Gyan mixture with uh, bhakti. And you could even go, as bhakti becomes more part of the equation, into dasirasa, where the gyan now becomes knowledge of the fact that Krishna is God. Hmm. So the, the idea that knowledge is different, you know, in, in Brahma Sayuja, you could go all the way up to Dwarka and and the bhakti is mixed with jnan, jnan being, again, the knowledge that Krishna is God, and you get to the brudge, and that's absent. Hmm? It's sometimes referred to as jnan shunya bhakti, bhakti completely devoid of any kind of knowledge of the opulence of the Godhead, which becomes an impetus for serving because he's God. That's not present in the Braj. So I would describe it in, in in that way. And either Gyan measure Bhakti, with the equation being more emphasis on Bhakti than Gyan, being that determining where on the spectrum you will arrive, if you will, by the chanting. And and what Mahabharata was teaching, Gyan Shunya Bhakti, and Bhakti unencumbered by, by even the knowledge of the fact that Krishna is source, well, is, uh, is God. You have to start with the idea that Krishna is God. Hmm? 
in order to end up forgetting about that. Hmm. Yeah, that's the importance of Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. If you want to do unalloyed bhakti, you have to have two things. You have to you have to give without expectation of return, and you have to know where to give, where it can be taken, unlimitedly. So, that's Krishna. You have to locate there. Then you give there. Therefore, the Gita says, "What?" What does the Gita say in the tenth cant chapter? Mata Aham sarvasya prabhu mata sarvam prabhartate. This means Krishna is the source of everything. Iti matva bhajantimam buddha bhava samanvita. Raga samanvita. Radha bhava Raga bhava samanvita. So those who know me to be the source of everything, they can worship me with the kind of feeling that that the people of Braj have. This is the, these are the, from the four slokas of the Gita. That's what this is describing. Rag bhakti there. I gave it some nice series of lectures on that once here in North Carolina. So, yes. When we look to the architects of the Sampradaya, the Goswamis, and we, we rely on that, that's that's the, the core that we, we see as uh, everything should point towards, towards those presentations. Um... Then we have the one oddity of Jiva Goswami and the conception that nowhere in his writing does he embrace the concept of uh, Parakya Ras. So, who reconciles, how does, how do we, that's just the one thing that, how's that reconciled? Right. Parakya and Swakya. Parakya means the unmarried love and Swakya means married. So, well, the way that's reconciled is reconciled um, um, by Vishwana Chakravarti Thakur, really. And Vishwana um, Chakravarti Thakur wrote a commentary on Rupa Goswami's book Ujjbal Nilmani, which is all about Madhurya Rasa. In Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Rupa Goswami goes through the different Rasas. He'll describe the object of love for that Rasa, the nature of the the shelter or the personification of love, the type of devotee, and the the, the stimuluses for such love, the um, the what type of ecstatic symptoms will manifest in that kind of love, what type of uh, the nature of the stai, the dominant emotion, then what what amongst the thirty three transitory emotions will will have a, a, a play a role. In, in that type of rasa, um, what are the anubhavs, which what really constitute the whole, all the movements of the persons, the personal like caricatures and so forth, they're all anubhavs. All this is described. Hmm? In his treatment of Madhurya rasa is very brief. Hmm? And so after writing Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, he writes Ujjbal Nilamani where there's an elaborate treatment of Madhurya Rasa. Hmm? And Jiva Goswami wrote a commentary, like he did for Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Rupa Goswami is his guru, so he wrote a commentary on Ujjbal Nilamani. And later, 
Vishwanath Chakrabhitakur wrote a commentary also on Ujbal Namani. And so after his commentary, um, Jiva Goswami says that what I have written here, part of it is the opinion, supports the opinion of other people, and part of it is my own opinion. Hmm? So Vishwanath Chakrabhitakur when he wrote his commentary, he, this, he starts with this point. He starts with this point and says, What Jiva Goswami means here is that he emphasized Swakya for some people hmm, at the time, which is a re, there is a reality, a married Leelas of Radha and Krishna, and they couldn't digest the idea of God as a paramour lover, something like that. That's the one side. He's emphasized like that. That is the opinion of others. And his opinion is the same opinion as Rupa Goswami, and this is why. Hmm? And then he just goes and shows how it, if you read his commentary, you see, he just shows how there's no way that you could possibly support the idea that there's no parakia in Goloka. Hmm? By using Jiva's commentary. No, not by using Jiva Goswami, oh. just by just, just demonstrating it from Scripture. Just like I could say, Prabhupada said that souls fall from Vaikuntha and in some places. In other places he said that he didn't. Hmm? And my opinion is that that when he said he didn't, that was for some people hmm? who needed to hear something like that, he thought. Or he thought it was the best way to say it in brief at the time. And when he said they didn't, that is actually the Siddhanta. Then I don't quote Prabhupada anymore about anything. I just go on and show how that's the Siddhanta from all the books and so forth. That's what he did. Hmm? That and and, and 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 so Jiva Goswami is thought to have had a kind of a preaching strategy at his time that was um, in consideration of some of the devotees. And so there's that's one side. The other side is of the argument a way of arguing about it is that Jiva Goswami is like the Tattvacharya, so he very much emphasized the Siddhanta. His writings are very interesting. He, he, he will speak about the Leela, and then he draw philosophical points, go back into the Leela and draw. You won't find that in Rupa Goswami's writings, of, of, in the Leela books, or Raghunathas Goswami. Like Gopal Champu, he's, he's giving the Leela and then Madhukanta and Stinktakanta say, hmm, that sounds like what the Bhagavatam says. And he goes into the Bhagavatam, gives all the siddhanta, and then he goes back into the feeling, but he's back and forth, feeling and philosophy, feeling and philosophy, like this. Very nice. Some people like that. I like that. So, um, so from the point of view of siddhanta, Radha and Krishna are married. Hmm? In other words, from the point of view of tattva, everything belongs to Krishna. We're married to Krishna too. Hmm? That's why in the Bhagavatam, when when Parikshit Maharaj questions, how could the God, you know, Krishna, be like with other people's wives? It's like hard for me to digest. And Sugadeva Goswami says, you should understand that Krishna is the husband of the gopis' husbands, or to speak of them. Hmm? Every, the Siddhanta is everyone is feminine, Prakriti, and Krishna is the supreme 
males. We're all wedded to him. Hmm? That's the Siddhanta. Hmm? And the, the illusion, which is bhava, hmm, is that there's there's paramore. Even so that therefore it's played out sometimes. The the husband of of Krishna, or excuse me, the husband of Radha in the Leela, if you study the Goswami's books, his, his name is Abhimanyu, and he's a partial manifestation of Krishna. <laughs> so she's never she's always with Krishna. She, she, there's, there's no, there's no other for her, hmm? or for any devotee, but for the sake of leela, drama, hmm? then it appears as parakya, and this is pleasing to Krishna because it has, makes for intrigue, intensifies the uh, the affair and so forth, and that the whole whole drama of of uh, the uh, the brudge is, is all. About the secrets and secret meetings and messages and sign languages, the cowherds, and when they have sign language, they talk to Krishna. Like those coaches in baseball, you know. Nobody can understand the sign language of Subhal. Those are the mudras of Golok. So, 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 you know, he was very concerned. So he, he 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 with the Siddhanta, so he's emphasizing Krishna, Radha. There's no, there's nothing immoral here. There's nothing illicit here. It's not like it's, it's now. Therefore, they're it's swakiya. They belong. They belong. They belong. And the bhava is an appearance of uh, of uh, otherwise. Hmm? So this is the way it's been discussed, and and, uh, and that's the way we have to deal with other preaching strategies of. Of Bhakti Vinod or Bhakti Siddhanta Prabhupada, who again were covering new new ground, and they did hatch some strategies to to talk about certain uh, topics like theodicy, you know, the world and God, and how can and they, they, because these are that's the whole of Christianity. That's 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 all it's about practically that there is a God. This is all there. What God's like and all that stuff—it's like not the real topic, but there is a God, and 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 he's in the classical theism of of, the, of Christianity. God is separated from the world because you can't get away from the fact that the world has got evil in it, and you got to make God free from the world. So you got to separate him, got to separate him out, hmm? and you got to blame the jivas. You know, the souls, and uh, so coming out of that climate, you know, you can understand. They, Bhaktivedanta talks about it in a certain way, and that's been handed down, and and so forth. But now, Eastern spirituality has its place in the Western society. It's very, very subtle, and you know, the talk shows say it's his karma or something. You know, it's, it's, it's in, or the guru, and now the guru of such a such here he is, you know. Of this or that, so all this is creeped in. So this is um, very subtle. Influ- Asian way is very indirect, and Eastern is creeped into into the Western society and has its place. and And now it finds its place in even in in in, in science. And they look and they think, 
uh, if we have to deal with consciousness, if we're objective enough to think that mm, this consciousness is a problem in terms of trying to fit it into matter, hmm, I, I can see that, then the ways in which Eastern philosophy have talked about it start, make some sense, they have some credibility and so forth. This is just a huge thing. Hmm. And so it's different now. Hmm? It's probably, but it came in 1960, what, five? <coughs> it was like 40, almost 40 years ago, huh? 65? 75, 85, 95, 05? 50 years ago in 2015, right? Yeah. So it's a long time. It's a half century. Of, and, then, and that's not the only influence of Eastern philosophy, of Buddhism and uh, Hindus and all. And, you know, Hindus have taken over the Internet, you know, IT industry. <laughs> They're writing all the programs. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> of course, they're also influenced by the West, but... Um, and I, I was writing something, actually, about the Kali Yuga, and I sent it to this one scholar, he's at Berkeley, that had done some work on writings on, on, on yugas and so forth. It's, uh, to get his opinion, how it would be, you know, viewed from that community, and he appreciated it. But I had made a point in there that the, this Eastern Western, he said, really, there's the it's a false dichotomy these days. Mm -hmm. You know, that was his pers perspective. Right. East and West, they're so. It's like you know, meeting of the minds, it's integrated, interpenetrated, and so forth. So. Therefore, you know, then you look, for example, like I was saying, in, in, in science, whether it be examining the tiny atom and finding that observation has some uh, effect there. Therefore, you have to talk about consciousness. That's the undeniable um, reality of that quantum perspective, that you have to deal with consciousness. So they've been trying to deal with it for a few decades, and it's a hot topic in science, but they can't quite, they can't <laughs> come near to fitting it into into matter, which is what they think there, there, there only is. But if you, if you look in there, or you look at the whole, you know, physics, you go to the other end of the spectrum to the whole astro, you know, cosmic, whatever, the whole big thing, hmm, there, then you find these ideas like, nowadays you find ideas like these inflating and contracting, expanding and contracting universes that, that that come and go and have no beginning in time. Sound familiar? You know, this is right out of, you know, Vishnu breathes out and breathes in and it has no beginning and, and so on and so forth. Even cyclical time, linear time, has, was, has been the prominent thinking since Christianity and science and Christianity, you know, they were married a long time ago. They've been divorced for quite a while now, though. That's been a very disruptive relationship. Hmm. Um, but, uh, but now, cyclical time, and uh, it could be they look at it like that has has uh, credibility and so forth. So, um, so point being, there's more room to just come out and say, this is what we think. Hmm? There is no creation. God didn't make anything. 
you, you're worried that God made a made a, a imperfect world, although He's perfect. He's all good, but He made a world with evil, and you, this is a big problem for you. Our explanation is God didn't make anything. Hmm? There is no creation. There is no creation out of nothing. Hmm? God is the world, and He's not the world. <laughs> At the same time, the world always is. The Maya Shakti always exists. The Jeev Shakti always exists. God's character is not determined by what he made, by what he, but what, by what he does in relation to what is. Hmm? With regard to the world, he is just and merciful at the same time. Hmm? So, he's good. Hmm? He's, he's politically correct, and he's very... He knows how to break the rules when necessary, when he feels, you know, there's a place for that. Mercy means to override the justice. He does both. Hmm? So these, uh, so there's room to come out more with things perhaps that, that the initial acharyas who are charged with or compelled by Krishna to, to, um, to be involved with the Western modern world and so forth, coming from Bhakti Vinod, may have been a little cautious and, and uh, talked about it in a certain way that it might have more acceptability. So we don't have to observe the same cautions this time. So, very nice discussion. See Bhakti Vinod Puribar ki jai. Kaur Bhaktabrinda ki jai, Kaur Premanande ki jai.